You are listening to episode number 70 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Gordon here. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. This is episode 70 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast, and I'm pretty stoked to finally get to this number of episodes. Kind of hard to believe it's been 70 episodes since we launched in March, but uh, thank you so much for checking it out again. I appreciate those who have subscribed, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please go subscribe on iTunes, and if you like the podcast leave us a review. If you hate the podcast, please leave us a review. I want your honest, uh, unbiased opinion. I'd really appreciate that. Um, but, uh, so let's dive right in. So today's podcast episode is on the parenting mindset. Now this is the fit successful dad podcast and the podcast is centered entirely around a few different things, a few different pillars, right? That, that support the entire mission. Uh, those are personal development, entrepreneurship, health and fitness, and also parenting. It's been like that since the beginning. And I'm very aware that I don't spend a lot of time talking about parenting or the applicability of the parenting mindset and parenting approaches and how they relate to business and personal development, things like that. I do firmly believe that they do apply. And this is going to be one of those episodes that talks about that. Um, So the parenting mindset if you're a parent, you're going to understand all this. If you're not a parent, you can still get value out of this because it 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 does tie in exactly to those other things I talked about: personal development, entrepreneurship, you know, slash brand building, business building, whatever, and also health and fitness. Okay, so parenting it takes a special, specific type of attention, right, to cultivate basic skills. So when your son or daughter is born and you're there and you got this newborn baby, the, the obvious things are like keeping it alive and stuff, right? You know, you, you're not teaching it anything. You're not teaching the baby anything for the first few months because they're just a blob. But when they start, when they start growing up a little bit and they get to like six, seven, eight months, closer to a year or whatever, then you actually start teaching it things like walking, uh, crawling. You start teaching them that. Uh, People will argue that they figure it out on their own, and they do. They do. But there's tons of of focus on that by the parent. Um, Eating, right? You teach a a child to eat when they're like three months, four months, five, six months old. Uh, When they get a little bit older, you teach them how to clean themselves, change their clothes, like real basic stuff, right? These are basic skills. And then after that, when they get even older, you start teaching them things like academia, you put a lot of energy into helping your child understand the things that they are learning at school and the homework that they bring home that they need help with. You take a, a good chunk of your night several times a week and you help them through their homework, especially at the younger years. And, you know, that's like math, uh, proper speaking or writing in, uh, I'd say proper English, but not, you know, not everyone's primary language is English. So proper speaking and writing in whatever language, uh, your, your primary language is history, science, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, and in the process of doing that, 
You know, we also teach our children critical thinking. We teach them how to analyze things and be analytical in in what in how they do things and how they go throughout their day and how they break down a problem and and how they can think critically about a problem and how to solve it. And when I say a problem, I mean something as simple as my the tire on my bike is broken. How do I fix it? Well, I have to go here to get a new rim. And then I need a, a wrench this size to take off my old one. And then I need a new inner tube. And then, a new, you know, so you're breaking down the process. It's an analytical process. We teach our kids how to do all those things. We teach our kids critical thinking and analytical thinking skills. We teach our kids social skills. We teach them how to interact with people in a respectable way. We teach them how to be civil. We teach them how to be uh, polite and kind and have manners, you know, things like that. Societal norms, if you will. We teach them all those things. We put a ton of energy into it, right? And then they move out eventually. And, uh, well, that's, that's the goal, right? <laughs> so for the sake of this conversation, they all move out, they grow up, they move out. And even after that, it's still not over. Let's say they're away in college, living in an apartment somewhere, you know, they're, we're, we're still not done as parents. We still parent quote unquote, parent them while they're growing through their young adult life, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and all the way, you know, it, for some parents, it never stops. For some parents and their children, that relationship goes on that way forever. And they continue to, the parents continue to parent their child forever. Even when the person's out of the house and they're fully grown up and they have their own family doing their own thing, some parents just can't let go of it. And that might be just a habit that they, they can't break. For 18, 19, 20, 25 years, they parented this person and helped them get to certain stages of life, and they just can't turn it off anymore. It happens. But back to raising a kid at a younger age, right? A lot of parents, and in fact, I'd say most parents, they tend to focus on producing a certain type of kid. I'm going to say that again. They focus on producing a certain type of kid. So the type of human being they want their child to be is what they set their sights on from the beginning. And they may not do this on purpose. And, and it's, I'm not even saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It can be both. But for better or worse, this does happen. And most parents do this, whether they know it or not. And they might redirect their child towards something like sports, academics, music, um, a certain type of profession. A lot of parents tend to cultivate their child to follow the same profession that they followed. If it's one that was successful and lucrative and all those things, um, you know, but they, parents also, they might even redirect their kid along the way to like or love certain things and dislike and hate other things. And we are the greatest example to our children. I've said that many times. I think any parent who cares about their relationship with their child would understand that and, and would see it and would agree. Okay, now here's the punchline though. Parents do this, most parents do, and they also tend to do it really, really well, right? Uh, it doesn't mean the kid necessarily sticks to whatever blueprint the parent is trying to set up for their kid, but 
parents tend to put a ton of energy into figuring out exactly how to get their kid on a certain team or into a certain class or involved in a certain activity or into a certain, uh, like a group or a social circle or something. And they also tend to pay whatever it costs in order to do that. And it's just the truth. I know so many parents that aren't exactly loaded with money. They're not, they're not killing it. And yet when the time of year comes around for a certain type of sport tuition or something that's, that's really, really high, uh, you know, they just, they'll pull out the credit card and start loading that up. They'll move finances around. They'll pull from savings. I've seen people borrow from their 401k before to pay for certain things. And this, these are things that may or may not have an impact on that child in a positive way for the rest of their life. It may not though. Right? Like so I'm saying it's may, it may or may not. It's not a guaranteed thing, but a parent values that certain activity or that certain social situation or whatever. And so they do whatever it takes. They put all this energy into it and they put all this financial uh, backing behind it in order to get their kid into that, that certain, um, involved in that certain thing. Okay. So this happens. And if you start thinking about the parents in your life, maybe your own parents, maybe parents who are friends, they're just friends of yours who have, they have kids or whatever. You may or may not start to see this. In fact, you probably will. I'll just say you probably will look a little closer if you, if you don't see it already and you'll see it. Um, so the reason I bring this up is that why, (laughs) Why do parents do this so much? You know, why is this such a staple part of the majority of modern day parents and probably old school parents too, but why is this such a staple part of parents, um, parenting methodologies? You know, why, why is it that parents have this mindset that they are going to produce a certain type of person with certain characteristics and certain traits and certain beliefs and all this stuff at the end of the day? And why is it that we not only spend the energy and spend the time, but it becomes like this overwhelming, overbearing lifestyle type of thing? Is it just, it's not just because parents love their kids. I mean, is it, is it like we feel a sense of responsibility to, to turn them into something and not, you know, not instead of just letting them be themselves? Like, I, I feel very strongly that parents, they instantly develop this need to live vicariously. And I don't know if this is, if this is something that's just innately deep inside of us as, as humans, if it's just a human thing, like it's been happening forever. It's just in our DNA and there's nothing we can do about it. But parents tend to live vicariously through their kids, whether they know it or not. And it's, I don't know the, uh, the, the feeling of the idea that you can feel young again. And the idea that you can watch a a kid and get so much excitement out of watching them get so much excitement out of something ridiculously simple and ha- and understand that they're not even thinking about anything else other than what's directly in front of them at that moment. Because us as adults, we don't have the ability to do that anymore. We're always thinking about everything else and responsibilities in our lives. But watching a kid be a kid is is really cool. 
as an adult. It's really cool to watch watch your kid be a kid. It just is. It's fascinating. And yes, I'm jealous. And every other parent at one point or another, whether they think about it or not, is jealous. And so what we do is we live vicariously through our kids. It just happens. Even when we don't try to. We're watching them play on a playground. We live vicariously through them by telling them to go hit the monkey bars. Go down the slide belly first. Or belly first. Go down the slide head first. Uh, go down the slide you know, backwards. Um, go do this. You know, Climb this pole. Because like, that's something that we think is going to be fun. And that's what I'm talking about. We tell our kids to do something. Even if we think they're going to have fun doing it, we do it because we think it's going to be fun. And by doing that, yes, we're showing our kids the ability to have fun. But we're also doing it because we think it's going to be fun. And it doesn't stop there. The playground thing is innocent. But what we also do is we tell them to do other things like read this book. You're going to love it. Who the hell knows? They might hate the book. Or uh, color this picture. This is a good picture. Color it. Use this color crayon because it's a good one. Try this. Here. You know what? No, don't try. Eat this food. It's really good. Like, you know, some of these, I can already hear people saying, well, you know, especially like the food thing. Well, it's good for them. They need to eat it, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you really step back and look at all the things that we tell our kids to do, tell our kids to eat, tell our kids to try, tell our kids how to do. It's, it's, it's like we're, we're doing it because we want them to do something because we think it's good or we think it's cool or we think that it will be enjoyable for them because from our outside perspective, it's something they they would enjoy. Okay. And the reason this ties back into the core pillars of what this podcast stands for and what my mission is, is that if we put half as much energy, literally 50%, as much energy and time and resources into developing ourselves, then we would be so much further along in our happiness, so much further along in our, our emotional strength, emotional fortitude, right? Cause these are things that we all have the ability to build and strengthen and, 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 and secure but we don't do it enough. And as parents, we should know better. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say. So if you are a parent and you realize and recognize that you're doing some of these things, then take a quick inventory of what you're doing for yourself, right? Just because you have a child or two or three and you're raising your children and yes, you need to put energy and time and money into them, but you also can't neglect yourself. And this goes deeper, but is also includes, uh, it goes deeper than, but also includes taking care of yourself nutritionally and health-wise, but also developmentally. And what I've found was, and, and maybe you're one of these people, is that you get really excited about the idea of doing something for yourself, and then literally you go home or you go back to wherever your kids are and they're around you and instantly you you shatter that whole concept of being able to help yourself because 
you just don't have quote unquote, just don't have time because you have to care for your kids and do your thing. Right. That's, that's just not the case. And if you do that forever, you're going to end up in a position like most parents who go down that road, who spend so much time and so much energy on their kids, raising them that they forget, or maybe they don't forget, they just intentionally choose to not take care of themselves as far as personal development. And what happens when they get up into 60, 70, you know, 80 years old, then they start having regrets and they start looking back and thinking, well, I should have done that. Oh, my kids turned out fine. And look, they don't do everything that I, I was trying to get them to do. They don't do it now, but I spent so many years focusing on just that and not focusing on myself at all anymore that I ended up in this position, working this job forever that I ended up hating for 30 years, but I did it anyway because I thought I had no choice, right? That story, that tale is way too common. And if you're one of those people who is ridiculously happy at your job, like legitimately happy, not just satisfied and you like your nine to five and, and you know, you're, you're comparing your nine to five to every other nine to five that you have seen, or you're comparing it to the nine to five that your friend has or whatever. And you deep down think they both suck, but yours is the better of the two, right? The lesser of the two evils. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you actually want to do something different, if you actually want to build something and work for yourself as an example, but you spend your whole life not doing that because your nine to five is your comfort zone. And you feel like if you leave that to do something else, or if you build something on the side, there's no way you can do that and produce this, this kid that you are trying to produce. Well, if that's the case, then you need to rethink it, right? Anyone who is in that situation needs to rethink it. And maybe that rethinking leads to, well, yes, I actually am legitimately happy at my nine to five job. But just because I'm happy there doing that doesn't mean that I don't want personal development accomplishments in other areas of my life. You see what I'm saying? It's not just about building a business. It's about more than that. And if you take some of those core principles that you hold on to so strongly as a parent and some of those core beliefs uh, around how you parent your kid and how you are pushing to produce an end result and turn them into something. If you take some of those and you actually turn them around and, and impose them on yourself and force yourself and cultivate yourself to develop. And instead of living vicariously through your kids, you live in reality through your own life, through the lens of your own situation, then you can actually get to where you want to go. All right? So, if you are a parent, again, look at how you are raising your kids and look at some of the things you're doing for them above and beyond, right? And think about some of the things that you're doing for yourself. And hopefully they are above and beyond. And hopefully you are investing in yourself emotionally, financially, time-wise, energy-wise. But if you're not, then that is something that you can actually turn around and start taking action on today 
And if you do that, that is going to be your number one biggest, most critical, most powerful advantage to getting yourself where you want to go. And at the same time, you will be leading by example. By getting yourself up to whatever tier that you want, whatever tier that you had in mind, in your head, business-wise, social-wise, athletics-wise, health-wise, whatever it is, once you get yourself and by working towards that thing, every single day that you're doing that, you're demonstrating for your kid how to go after the things that matter the most to them, right? So that's the big takeaway, You know what's important to you. You know what you're passionate about. And you know that to get there, you need to do certain things. But you're not going to be able to do those certain things unless you invest in yourself and unless you actually push yourself to do those things. Just like your kid is not going to be able to get to some thing, some state, some achievement, whether it's something you want them to do or they want to do. They're not going to get there unless somebody invests the energy, time, resources into that. So again, by you chasing yours, you are directly affecting their ability to see a huge objective, a huge goal, and focus on a way to get there and figure out the kinks and curves and turns and twists it takes to get there. So that's it. The parenting mindset. Think about it.